This is the Sneaky Plays Podcast, presented by JokerMag.com. Welcome to this week's edition of the Sneaky Plays Podcast, featuring myself, Chris Morris, and my counterpart, Dom Fierro. What? Uh, how are we doing this week, bro? Oh, you know, we're loving. We're on a high from last night. Wow. My, uh, All in, baby. Your Pirates got it done. 18-0 run to end the game. Most likely seals their ticket to the NCAA tournament. A team that was projected to finish very, very at the bottom of the conference is now gone. And uh, pretty much sealed their destiny as an NCAA team. In my opinion, I think that's a lot of pain, people's opinions also. Yeah, you know, after last night. So that is, yeah. No, credit to you guys. That is bizarre. You know, I, I can't believe that Marquette didn't even score a point in the last what, five, six minutes of that game. Yeah, and Miles Powell. I mean, Big East Player of the Year. We'll talk more about that later. But I am a big Miles Powell guy. I think it's it's a debate for who's Big East Player of the Year. There's a couple guys. I mean, obviously Marcus Howard's probably the favorite because uh, of everything he does for that team. But was, don't get me wrong. I'm a huge Miles Powell guy. He's carried. I mean, he put you on your back in that Kentucky game. Did it again last night. How many points did he end up with? Over there, do you think 34? Yeah. No, he's a stud. No doubt he's a stud. I think, I mean, he's the type of guy. He's got, you know, the Kemba Walker, Shabazz Napier gene that, you know, can get you hot in the tournament. I'm not saying Seton Hall is going to the Final Four or anything, but he's a guy that can, you know, as an underdog, as a lower seed, can break the heart of, of a top seed, definitely in a game or two. Yeah, somebody I saw on Twitter yesterday, somebody put it best, is that the Seton Hall team could lose in the first round of the NIT or make a Sweet 16 or – uh, elite eight appearance in the NCAA tournament, and yeah, be a surprise. No, I, I, I'm, I'm, I agree with that. I mean, they're pretty. I mean, they're hot and cold. You know, I mean, they lose to bad teams, they beat good teams, but I mean, that's the majority of the Big East. You know, but I, I've, I've said all year, I think that Seton Hall, out of all the teams in the Big East outside of the top two and Marquette and Nova, they to me have had the biggest upside in terms of you know a team that can make a deep stretch run. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be fun. But so let's get started with. Uh, what were your plan to talk about today? And that is some news that came out last week on last, you know, last Thursday, I believe with uh, your Philadelphia Phillies just quickly. Cause we're Woo-hoo. not going to, but I do want you to at least have the opportunity to talk about Bryce Harper going to the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, we missed it by a day last week. I was pissed. We did the pot on Wednesday, the, the signing drop Thursday, much to my surprise. And I think everybody here is surprised because all the buzz that was coming out, you know, Screw all these MLB writers and journalists and everything for this whole this whole disastrous process of free agency that, you know, never mind you, it lasted four months and these guys took forever to decide, but just the reporting that was just miserable and, you know, making it seem like it was a log. Oh, he doesn't like Philly. He's going to go west. And I was believing all of it. And then all of a sudden, Thursday afternoon, I'm at work after lunch, news drops, Bryce Harper's a Philly. And I, I, I mean, it was John Heyman, so I had to check like 15 other sources to make sure he was right. <laughs> Because he wasn't right about anything in this process. But yeah. needless to say, I mean, I was thrilled. Baseball is finally back in this city. I mean, it's been almost it's been eight years since we had a competitive team. You know, that Phillies run of with Howard and Utley and Rollins and Hamels and, you know, the other aces. That run ended in 2011 after five straight division titles. Um, you know, yeah, so it's been eight years since we've had a competitive team. You know, I mean, it, you know, the, the summers have just kind of been dead here, you know, for years. Like... I mean, people go, yeah, you know, they'll, you know, just because it's summer baseball and there's nothing else on, there's nothing else to watch. But, I mean, no one's really getting jazzed up to go to the ballpark to see Cameron Rupp uh, and guys like that. 
over the last. So, I mean, now it makes even these other offseason moves all that much better. Um, Real Muto, Segura, McCutcheon, uh, David Robertson, a couple other bullpen additions. They're still lacking a little bit in the starting pitching department. Um, but I'd be surprised to see, you know, if I think definitely before the deadline, they'll go out and add an arm. Keichel apparently is still in play. Um, I definitely don't want to overpay a guy like that. Um, we've been over that. But on a short, if he was willing to take a short-term two-, three-year deal, which it kind of sounds like that's what the market's dictating for him right now, I'd be open to it because, they're, I mean, they're definitely short on left-handed starters. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Bryce, I mean, it's it's a landmark moment. I mean, we're not used to in this city people choosing us. I mean, you guys give me grief about it all the time. Who would want to come play in Philly? And, I mean, obviously, you know, me as a Philly sports fan being biased, I think everybody should come here. Um, but I mean, you know, we've obviously drafted great players. We've acquired players and trades, but it, it is rare that a star free agent in any sport chooses us, chooses the city. It really hasn't happened all that often. Um, you can point to the Phillies, a couple instances, Tome oh, way back in the day, um, Cliff Lee came here as a free agent, but he had already been here and then we traded him away and he had gotten a glimpse of, you know, what it's like to make a deep playoff run in the city and all the excitement. So that was, that doesn't even really count. Um, and I mean, I doubted Bryce was going to come here. I, I really didn't think it was going to happen. And now, I, I mean, I couldn't be happier that it did. Um, and while there's still some holes on this team, I mean, baseball is finally back and it's going to be, it's going to be a really fun six months. Um, and we're going to win a lot of games, whether, you know, the NLEs is going to be competitive. You know, I can't sit here today and guarantee we're going to win a division. I mean, the Nationals are still going to be good. The Braves are still good. Um, even the Mets, I mean, I've, you know, it seems like their whole team gets hurt every year, but they've still got some talent. You know, you can forget about the Marlins, but I think you've got three to possibly four legitimate teams in the NL East. Um, so it's going to be fun, man. I mean, I think 90 plus wins is obviously the expectation, but I mean, I can't guarantee anything, but I'm so, ha- I'm just so happy they're going to be relevant again. So here's just my quick and unbiased, uh, you know, I got to be unbiased every once in a while. <laughs> Here's my opinion on it. He wants to be LeBron James of Philadelphia. He wants the team to be his. He doesn't want, you know, to be covered up because with the Nats, it was Scherzer and all them, right? Mm-hmm. He wants the Phillies to be his team. Signs his massive deal. Obviously, doesn't want to go anywhere. I think, you know, he wants to stay on the East Coast, I'm sure. I'm sure he's got a lot of friends around here. Uh, but I think if you don't win at least – three, four uh, World Series, I think it's a huge failure and it's a type of signing that sets a team back years, you know, with that money. So that's just my opinion on it. That's all I want to talk about it. Uh, well, you think they got to win three to four to make it worthwhile? Doesn't one – I mean, to me, one championship just makes no. it all – I mean, that makes it worth it. No? In 13 years, you got to win <laughs> more than one championship. But wasn't A-Rod? Like, I mean, the Yankees won one with him. Like, you don't That was the worst signing in the history of baseball. I mean, you got a championship out of it, though. Like – One. One. Uh, see, to me, like, as, as long as you win once, I mean, obviously you would like to win more for sure, and you can go back, you know. Those Phillies teams, you know, for, that I just mentioned from, you know, that five-year stretch. You know, they won one, and, you know, I have thoughts all the time, like, damn, you know. That team could have easily won two or three. And I guess it's disappointing, but they still got one. So, to me, I mean, yeah, you, you know, over, th- over 13 years of what they're paying them, you could say, you know, doing the math, they really should win, like, three World Series. But as long as they win one title, I mean, I think it's a success in my mind. I don't know. That Maybe that's just because you have low standards for your Philadelphia. Oh, jeez. Come on. But anyway, <laughs> so last week we talked about the NFL Combine. 
uh, and how we didn't really kill, you know, we didn't really uh, excited, weren't really excited for it, but we were still interested in it a little bit. Anybody catch your eye about of anything? No one really. Did. Nah, no. Nah, I mean, you know, Deke Metcalf obviously stood out with his with his uh with his forty. Um, Paris Campbell ran a, I think he ran like a four three also, right? Um, yeah, yeah. There was nobody else. You know, the bench really wasn't a whole. You know, there was nothing that really wowed me. Um, really with the agility drills either. Uh, I have been looking at a lot more mock drafts recently. And I don't. I'm not so sure the combine really changed a whole lot of whole lot of guys' stock, but. Yeah, Metcalf is, you know, he seems a little bit like, you know, the combine star of the year, sort of the John Ross syndrome that, you know, everybody gets all hyped up and crazy at his, you know, his agility drills and his 40 time. And, I mean, don't get me wrong, he's a talented guy, but, I mean, I'm not so sure. I think he's being a little bit overvalued right now. Yeah. uh, You know, I think, because Metcalf, how how you pronounce his name? Metcalf? Metcalf, yeah, Metcalf. Metcalf, right? So to me, what I saw from him is that, and all these mock drafts and whatnot, is that he was nowhere even near where he was. <laughs> you know? Oh, I hear you. Like he was, what's he? He's like ninth right now, I believe, or top ten, definitely. I saw. Yeah, that. I, I know. I, I don't know. But I mean, if we're gonna go off of what you do at a combine, I don't know. Played for Ole Miss. Ole Miss wasn't any good. I get the physique is there. He's physical and whatnot, but. I don't know if that's going to translate to the NFL. Uh, and for me, I don't know about you. I don't know if they talk about it a lot on Philly radio, but this Colin Murray stuff needs to stop. <laughs> what, with like with with the with the hate on him, with the Cardinals uh, picking him? No, see, to me, I don't. I think the Cardinals would be stupid to pick him. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I would take him one either. Even though yeah, I mean, the I, upside's certainly you know sky high, but I I still think it's a little risky to go on one. Why don't they want Rosen? Why do they want to give up give up on him already? Because Clingsbury is like has a huge hard on for uh, Colin Murray. No one, you know, there's nothing else about it. He loves Colin Murray. Loves that type of you know NFL player. I mean, he coached Holmes. He had Mayfield at one point. Uh, you know, he's just that's the type of player he wants. And Rosen's more Rosen's more of a Aaron Rodgers type guy. Not yeah. saying he's Aaron Rodgers, but the way he thinks, the way he goes about his preparation and game style and whatnot. That's who he is. He's not a, oh, well, I'm going to give you one second to rush me, and then I'm going, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, no, I hear you. So, But to me, I wouldn't take him number one. I don't think it's worth it if I'm the Cardinals. If I'm the Cardinals, honestly, I'm maybe seeing if I can get a huge trade out of that number one pick. Maybe somebody who does want Kyler Murray takes him, because I think this team is still years away from being – you know, competitive team. You know, it's going to be at least another three, two, maybe three years until I think that you see this team really compete uh, for a Super Bowl. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And also, I mean, pe- people forget. I mean, I still think Josh Rosen could be a decent quarterback. I mean, the infrastructure that he was surrounded with last year was arguably the worst in the whole league. I mean, they oh, probably had the worst. Well, yeah, they probably had the worst line in football. Um, I mean, no real receivers really. I mean, Larry Fitz is obviously all a famer, but he's. 35 pushing 40 um you know david johnson i think was overrated and also just had didn't have a line to run behind i mean that team was a mess they were a mess from the get-go i mean they yeah. tried starting freaking sam bradford which we all knew wasn't gonna work out <laughs> and then you gotta throw rosen into the fire because it's like all right bradford can't do it obviously you know we're, we're too stupid to see that we're 0 four so let's throw the rookie out there and i mean he just gets it was a similar you know 
I compare it to golf his rookie year in in in, uh, in LA with with Jeff Fisher. Um, you know, similar situation, just not you know, just not ready made for a young quarterback. Um, and I still think, I mean, I still kind of like him. I like his edge. I like his cockiness. Um, you know, I, some people think it's a detriment to him, but I think you're right about the Kingsbury. You know, he's just googly eyed seeing this talented college system kind of quarterback. Um, and I mean, not to be unfair to Murray, I do like Murray. And there were some reports like you hear that, that old fart, Charlie Casserly. Yeah. Say yeah. Something, yeah. On NFL network this week, like, oh, it's the worst leadership and, you know, uh, film studying skills I've ever seen or whatever, blah, blah, Like, what is he talking about, man? I mean, don't go, let's not go too far here. He might not be, you know, the most vocal leader in the world or maybe not the ideal leader, but I certainly don't think it's, I mean, I think he blew it a little out of proportion. Yeah. I think that you'll you hear, I mean, you hear a lot about that every year with whoever it is that, you know, that top quarterback or that top mm-hmm. pick. It's always something coming out that says, don't pick him because we want him, you know? Always a smear campaign at some point, and then you know nothing really, nothing clearly happens. Maybe Josh Allen last year, if you want to talk about it, kind of fell because of you know his tweets that were you know ah right yeah they were they were very bad. Uh-huh. Uh, you know I don't see how this really affects if you know if he's going if they want him number one, he's going to go number one. I don't think. Oh man. He can't read a NFL defense like every other rookie quarterback at coming out of college. Yeah, know? no, exactly. You can't you can't get too caught up in that stuff. Yeah. So, uh, well, I'm glad you have that kind of opinion on Kyler Murray because you know it sounds like we're on the same page. I'm just tired of hearing of it. I'm tired of hearing that. Oh, well, he should play baseball, or oh, well, he's going to be really good, or this and that. Like he's going to have his ups and downs, and I'm just tired of people making him sound like he's the next coming of you know God. Uh-huh. And that he's gonna be like Ryan Leaf. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Ryan so, Leaf. so and then I don't know. I didn't really get to see it. I'm sure you really, you know, kinda got to dig into it a little bit before a podcast was this trade for uh, Case Keenum to the Redskins. Like, oh my god, yeah. I just saw that. That is such a Redskins move. I can't even can't draw it up any better than that. Not that Case Keenum's bad. I mean, I know he played well two years ago for Minnesota and they went all the way to the NFC Championship game before they were throttled by my Eagles, uh, might I add. So I won't, you know, I have great memories <laughs> of Case. I have great memories of Case Keenum coming to the link. So yeah, come on, Case. Yeah, welcome back. I, I can't wait to see you again. Uh, um, but he's. I actually just saw a, a statistic, um, a graphic on ESPN. Him and Alex Smith literally had like copycat exact same numbers last year. Um, so I mean, clearly, you know, that's what that's what Jay Gruden's looking for. Um, a quarterback that's just going to make smart decisions, not really going to throw the ball downfield much, not really very dynamic, um, but he's going to be smart with the ball. He's going to make the right throws, the short throws, you know, not turn the ball over, yada, yada. Um, and that's what they want. And, I mean, look, he's he's Case Keenum. You know, I don't think he's, you know, he certainly wasn't as good for what Denver paid him last year, which was 18 mil a year. I mean, that's crazy. I think we all knew that at the time. But, I mean, he's not bad. He's better than what they had. Um, I mean, he's certainly better than Colt McCoy, better than Mark Sanchez, who should never play another NFL game. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's a typical Redskins move. I mean, just until they really decide to address this position and get aggressive and move up in the draft or lose enough games to get a high pick, because they're always, you know, they're never good, but they usually win six to eight games, and they're picking in the, you know, 10 to 15 range instead of the, you know, the top five or the top eight or whatever. So, you know, they never really get the chance to take him, take him a franchise quarterback. 
Um, and I mean, until that happens, they're just going to be the Redskins. They're going to be a mediocre team probably at best that, you know, misses out on the playoffs every year. Um, so, I mean, eh, it's whatever. He's probably a slight downgrade from Alex Smith. Not a whole lot different. Um, kind of, you know, they had to get somebody, but sort of an underwhelming move in all for me. Yeah, so this is – I think it's a good pickup. I mean, I think that's the type of game that Case Keenum will thrive on, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah, no, I hear you. That, like a play, like that. the Vikings, like – yeah, he really follows the Vikings, right? And he has this awesome year. I mean, obviously, people do follow the Vikings, but they're not like America's team. They're not on TV every single week, you know? Yeah. Has this great year. Now, the Redskins are the same type of deal. They're on TV a little bit more, you know, maybe not nationally, but definitely up and down the East Coast, I would say. Um, and I think this is the type of team that he'll thrive on. And I don't know what you what your opinion is really on Jake Rudin, but I think he's a decent coach. I do too. No, I agree. I think he's I think he's smart certainly. Um, I don't know how great he is with you know locker room and managing players and all that, but I think he's a good offensive mind. Yeah, that's what. So I think he, he'll thrive there. You know, maybe not right away, but eventually he's going to get it together, and I think he does well. But what I saw, found most interesting about the pick was a lot of people were talking about Josh Rosen coming to the DC. Yeah, no, I thought that was in play, too. I, I was hearing that also. I mean, probably not now. I mean, well, I guess they could do that now still. It's probably not out of the question. Well, he yeah. was only on a one-year deal, right? Uh, you, I believe so, yeah. I mean, you so, could have yeah. a little uh, QB battle going into Redskins camp this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and they said, from what, everything I've read and kind of listened to, was that all it will take is like a second-round pick to get Josh Rosen. If they're that high on Kyler Murray. It's not going to take anything. Really? See, like, if I'm – you just drafted this guy in the top – was it top 15? Was he even top 10? He was close to uh, – He was like, top 10. He was top uh, – Was he, like, 12, 13, something yeah, like that? He was He was close to it. He wasn't top 10, though. But, no, I definitely agree. Why are you not holding him for King's ransom, right? Yeah, like, you yeah. got to get a first-round pick for a guy that you just drafted a year ago. And, I mean, it's not – you can't judge him off last year. Like we said, I mean, that was such a – you know, it's such a horrible infrastructure around them. Yeah, there's it's and I mean, you have if you're the Cardinals, you literally have every single reason to get a first round pick out of it. You have the first round, you have the first pick overall. You say, oh well, if you're not going to give us a first round pick, I'll just keep both of them. <laughs> you know, yeah, I'll go draft right. and keep both of them. That's fine with me. You kind of you got to bully teams into getting giving you that pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that for me. You know, it's kind of shocking to kind of see Case Keenum coming out and going to. Uh... But um, I really hope that they do well because I think the NFC East is that much better when all the teams are good. And the Redskins, I mean, we all just saw they kind of took a back seat last year after Alex Smith got hurt. And then the Giants, I mean, I, actually, I really could care less about the Giants. Yeah. I really hope they go in every season. But. Yeah, it is the NFC East is a lot of fun to watch, especially because where we live, obviously you in Philadelphia, me in Northern New Jersey, and a lot of our friends and whatnot that are fans, all uh, you know, we get to watch these games all the time. Yeah, so it's huge market it makes it. I mean, it's it, no, I agree. It's much better when all the teams are good. Yeah, I mean, you can't tell. I mean, the Cowboys are. I mean, if any of those teams are good and they play the Cowboys. It's easily going to be one of the better rated games of the year. Oh, yeah. That's a Sunday 425 match or a Sunday night game, something like that, you know, all the time. The yeah. Teams are good. And I, I hear exactly. you on the, on the Keenum. It's a, it's a better situation for him to succeed probably with a smart coach, um, you know, that'll put him in position to succeed. My only thing is like, yeah, he did have that really good year 
with Minnesota, but he also did have, I mean, one of the best receiver duos in the league that he could throw to and Thielen and Dig. Then also the number one defense in football that year. So, I mean, he did have a great, great system and, you know, great pieces around him to work with. So, you know, I'm not so sure he can duplicate that again. But, I mean, he'll probably be better than he was in Denver. So, Oh, yeah. I I don't think he'll ever duplicate duplicate that season ever again. No, no. Just like, uh, you know, like a wow. But he's going to be, I think, a lot better than people are thinking right now. Like, to me, people see this move and they're like stupid Redskins, like you said in our group chat, obviously. I don't, you know, I don't think it's stupid. I mean, I'm trolling, too. Um, yeah. No, I, don't, I don't think but, it's stupid, but it's just like, yeah. Like, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to get worried about Case Keenum, you know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, but I think it's a good move for the Skins. Um, and then kind of to really finish up our NFL talks this week is the free agency is coming along. Uh, you know, you pretty much feel the team out of safeties if you want to play flag football anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> so, I can't wait. Yeah, I know. Uh, what do you think of, you know, kind of what's gone on so far this offseason with these free agents? Specifically for me, I want to talk about Landon Collins because I want to get your opinion on that. No, yeah, I'm I'm shocked the Giants aren't going to keep him. It doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. I mean, does it make they, sense to you? I mean, I don't really get it. No, they they because Gettleman wants to Gettleman's going to blow up that team. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to be so bad for years and years and years because it is. I love Eli. Uh-huh. We have God forbid, you know, he wants to, uh, won us two Super Bowls but hasn't had us even sniffing. Uh, the playoffs ever since, other than that year, they got they beat by the Packers. Right. Yeah. You know. Oh, that was even. Yeah, that was that was kind of a flimsy giant team, and they had like an easy schedule that year. Yeah, exactly. And to me, it's crazy that not only would you not franchise tag Collins, but why not even try to work out a deal? You don't I, want to I, franchise- yeah. Well, I know he's like one of your three three good players, right? Along with Odell and Saquon. Yeah, and he's one of the better safeties in the league. Uh-huh. I mean, there's no if ands or buts about that, and if you want to franchise him, then franchise him and trade him. Or what is it? There's the other tag where you could do that, right? Yeah, the transition tag. Yeah, yeah. I mean, why not even try instead? And it's like you're going to pay him. I think the value was like six point five million or something. He's going to get paid uh-huh. this year. It's like the average for you know whatever it is they do. But like restructure Eli then. Eli's going to make $23 million next year. Yeah, or Adele. I mean, Adele makes a crap ton of money, too. Yeah, for to not drink water. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's just insane to me that they let him go free. And I think he could end up with uh, the Redskins. He's a big, huge Sean Taylor guy. Yeah, he is a typical Redskins. He's probably, I would say, one of the closer, you know, obviously no one's going to be Sean Taylor, but him is kind of, you know, he's a hard-hitting back. Plays really well, you know. Does have a little bit of a questionable coverage. Um, kind of gets beat every once in a while. But to me, I think he's gonna. He would thrive in DC. I think too. He. I think that's where he really wants to be, if not in New York. Yeah. No. They they do a good job. Usually, that's the one position that they've they've done a pretty good job with. The Redskins is safety. Um, they cut Swearinger because he was you know blasting the defensive coordinator every week. <laughs> he was, but he was a pretty good player for them when he was playing. Like, yeah, the defense. I was never a huge ha ha fan. I mean, I know you gotta you gotta look at him, you know, every week for the last couple of years playing for the Packers. Um, you know, kind of all those Bama safeties. Like you, you mean you touched on the fact that Collins is. I mean, he's very definitely a really good player, um, one of the better safeties in the league. But sometimes he can get beat a little bit in coverage. That's kind of always been the knock on those Bama safeties coming out. 
Um, you know, they're all big, rangy, hard hitters, very physical. And, you know, they can make plays on the ball, but sometimes they're, you know, they're, they're not all the fastest guys. They're usually a little bit more based on physicality. Um, they can get beat deep sometimes, give up some big plays. So, I mean, you're right. That's the one knock on Collins. Um, and it's a typical, you know, Redskins signing where they're just going to, you know, throw a boatload of money at a star player. But, I mean, it does fit a need, certainly. I mean, now with, you know, they cut Swearinger and, I think Haha's a safety also, or he's a free agent also, isn't he? Yeah. He probably a, won't be back, I bet. Yeah, the Packers traded him for a third down pick. Yeah, that's a good move looking back on it. You trade yeah, a guy that you weren't going to resign anyway, and I think is a little overrated for a third round pick. Yeah, I mean, definitely the Packers kind of got fool's gold in that, you know, third round pick. Yeah. He's a good safety. Uh, the, the knock on him was is that the defense that they ran with, uh, what's his name? Capers, was it? Dom Capers? Yeah, Dom Capers, yeah. yeah. The defense they ran with him was this, like, I'm going to go, like, we're just going to run around the field, get a lot of, try to get a lot of turnovers and whatnot. Oh. And that's what type of player that he, you know, that he wanted was Haha. But then you could bring in Mike Pettin. Mike Pettin's trying to play a little bit more of an old school type of defense. Still, you know, lots of blitzes, but, like, you don't really know who's going to come after you each down type of deal. And Haha just didn't. He kind of struggled in that uh, that type of defense. So to get a third round pick for him looks like a great move. I still think he's a quality safety who can play in the league. Um, I would say he's a little, you know, not as good as Landon Collins. I think Landon Collins is probably the best safety in this free agent class right now. Uh, but definitely Haha can get the job done. Still, I don't think that's the only knock on him is that he's like more of a specific type of defense back then. You know. I'm open to play anywhere. Yeah. No, you, you what about you like Collins possibly for, for the Packers? I think he could be a fit there. Uh not too much money. I mean that's that's part of the They got a lot of young guys, that's the problem. Yeah, so true. the Packers the also deep. don't like spending big in free agency. Well, that's kinda not happening. Oh, new anymore. regime, new regime, yeah, that's right. Yeah. They got rid so, of that guy. Yep. Well, he didn't get rid of him, they just lose him up in the organization. <laughs> right, yeah, because oh his philosophy. I used to I used to argue with, you know, our buddy Mark about that all the time, like how in the year, you know, whatever, in the 21st century, do you not – I mean, the only free agency would sign were 35-year-old has-beens that are, you know, looking to get a ring in the last couple of years. Well, I will say Julius Pepper's signing. He was pretty good for them, too, yeah. Yeah, he was really good for them. Um, I don't know. But I would like Eric Weddle, I think. I know that's going against – No, that's another – that's a typical Packer move right there. Yeah. yeah but, the old – yeah. But I think having Eric Weddle in that defense is going to make it – you know, because there's literally one veteran that hasn't played more than like three years in in the NFL on that defense on that you know, that secondary at least, and that's Tremont Williams. And Tremont Williams isn't what Tremont Williams was when they won a Super Bowl. Yeah, <laughs> right. So, I think Eric having and Eric Weddle still a, a quality safety, so I wouldn't mind seeing him come uh, to Green Bay. But I don't know. Um, I'm a little yeah, but I'm a little confused on what the Ravens are doing too. I mean, cutting Weddle, I know he's older. Um, but still, money. you know, it was like, yeah, money. But also, I mean, they're not – you know, you see these rumors out there. They're not – I mean, C.J. Mosley isn't a lock to go back there. I think they're going to let him hit the open market and test it. I mean, I know linebackers, you know, are kind of devalued these days and don't really get big money anymore. But, I mean, that guy's a freaking stud, man. I mean, he's the anchor yeah. of your defense. I mean, that would surprise me. That's almost just as surprising to me as the Giants not bringing back Collins if, if it's if it's true. No, yeah, definitely. I, I mean, kinda, we saw it kind of – 
they've I think I saw a list the other day somewhere. They've like let go of like twenty or something guys or close to it. Mm-hmm. A, a lot of their team is going to be brand new next. I mean, obviously they just signed Nick Boyle, who had a very good year, and it's going to be one of those kind of chips they want to build off of yeah. for their offense this year. But I mean, I don't know what they're really doing. Obviously, what's his name? Alex Collins gets in trouble, and yeah, Owen Mills. Gus Edwards was kind of he emerges the guy anyway down there. Yeah, and Tyron Montgomery was just kind of there. Oh, right, yeah, for the Packers trade. Yeah. Uh, but I don't really – I mean, they got rid of Crabtree. They got rid of – Oh, Bell. right, Crabtree too. That's a, yeah. yeah, I mean, I guess they're trying to get younger. I get it. But some it's, of these guys – I would not get rid of Mosley. No, that, that to me is stupid. Yeah. And especially when uh, Suggs, you don't know really how, know how much left he's got. Right. You know, he is you know relatively – for NFL years, he's getting up there in age, but relatively young. Not relatively young, but you know, kind of average age for yeah, still able to play in the NFL for a couple more years. But uh, he definitely is getting up there, and, and he hasn't been any you know he's been hurt you know recently a bunch. So it wouldn't surprise me if they kind of did something with him. Uh, but to let go of C.J. Mosley too, I would say that's crazy. Yeah, that's that wouldn't true. make any sense. Right? <laughs> That'd be that. That would not be smart. But you know, I mean, yeah, I can't wait. We're gonna have a lot to talk about next week, certainly with. You know, guys actually signing because I think the uh, the the official league year starts I think a week from today, but the tampering period starts next Monday. So I mean, that's when these guys will you know you'll start seeing the framework of deals in place. Um, you know, Schefter's Twitter account will be flying left and right. Um, so I can't. I mean, I can't wait for that. It's going to be a fun week next week. Well, before we kind of move on to the NBA talk, I want to hear your opinion on Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, those two knuckleheads, the Steeler <laughs> divas, man. Um, well, I'm glad to see that the Eagles are not interested in Brown because I don't want him anywhere near our locker room. Um, and the Steelers are claiming that, you know, they're going to have a deal in place by by tomorrow, right? That's what you've seen all the reports. It, it, I'm not it, so it, sure with that, why they've put a deadline on that. That doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. I believe he's owed money if on, oh, okay. uh, you know, one of those, you know, this is the, this is bonus time. Yeah, for right, right. So okay. He's owed, he's owed some sort of money in the next few days, I believe, mm. if he's not, if he's still a Steeler. Okay. All right. Well, that explains it. But still, like, I mean, the, the teams that are interested are kind of underwhelming. I mean, obviously the Redskins, that doesn't surprise anybody. It's a typical Redskins move to go after the star, you know, that, you know, they just want to make the big splash move, which obviously he's, not, he's an unbelievable player. But, you know, you kind of have to have a, you know, a certain culture and level of, you know, competence to, to make moves like that. So I wouldn't really like him going there. Then there's you see you hear teams like Oakland and Tennessee, like, eh, I mean, I guess it'd be kind of fun. I mean, I still think Gruden's a smart offensive mind too, John that is in Oakland, even though, you know, I don't agree with all, you know, his blowing up the team last year really. Um, but I mean you could you could see some things working there. Tennessee, I wouldn't really like him there, even though I mean he'd instantly they they desperately need receiver help and obviously he's the you know, one of the best, if not the best in the game. Uh, would be an instant upgrade, but you know, Mariota, I just, you know, I don't love him. I think he's pretty mediocre. Can't really stay healthy. That's not a guy that I think AB would really be happy with throwing him the ball. Um, San Francisco, I think is the spot where like, it seems like a lot of those players want him there. You know, you see Joe Staley tweet at him this year and that seems like the logical, you know, young quarterback, you know, young up and coming team, good head coach, like kind of just one move away. Like, all right, let's get him. Now we're, you know, legit contenders to win the division. Um, that seems like the logical choice, but I'm not really hearing a whole lot of buzz, you know, around that. So I don't know what's I don't know what's going on with him there. 
I think so. I think those 49ers are out on Antonio Brown. Why is that? Yeah, I mean, just for money purposes or, or I what? think money purposes, I think his attitude purpose. Yeah, Don Lynch is a you know, take done that kind of guy. Uh, so I heard, but I heard they're out, and they also want to be younger, they want to build around a young team, they don't want to have you know, Antonio Brown, who's in his 30s, I believe, gonna be 31. Yeah, uh, 30, yeah, gonna be in his 10th year, I think, now, so. Yeah, they they don't want to have him come when they're trying to build something kind of pretty much from the ground up with a young team. Uh, I think he's going to go to the Raiders. I think that makes the most sense. Raiders mm-hmm. have draft capital. They have three. I think was it three first round picks? Yeah. This year, I think, right? Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think that's or something that's, like that. That's pretty damn good. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously it took trading away some studs to do that, but yeah, well, you can well, see what he's trying to do. So I think that's big for them, uh, and I think that's going to get uh, Antonio Brown. Because if you're a Steelers, you you know you don't want to trade him for kind of nothing just because he doesn't want to be there. Uh-huh. Uh You know, but you also don't want kind of what you saw last year with Le'Veon Bell was him sitting out or this or that. And, you know, I don't really care about fines and all that. Yeah. So I think he's most likely probably going to go to the Raiders and Le'Veon Bell. I have a feeling he goes to the Ravens. I feel like that's why they're Ooh, really in the yeah, division there, the arch rival. Yeah, why wouldn't you? Ooh, why wouldn't you want to see your- I, That's a fuck you move to Pittsburgh. I mean, I would love that. That's obviously that would add even more fuel to that rivalry, like it needs uh-huh. anymore. Um, I think the teams that are, you know, the the odds. If you're looking at the, you know, the books that have him favored to go to which team. Also, apparently he. I don't know if you saw the rumors that he's gained like forty pounds and he's completely yeah. blown up. I don't know if I believe all that, but he, you know, he's probably put on a couple pounds. That's like uh, when Eddie Lacy was a rookie. Oh, fat. Uh, and then somebody took a picture of him his rookie year, yeah. and he did, like from one angle, it looked like he was like three hundred pounds, yeah. <laughs> and then the other angle, he looked like this bowling ball, yeah. like pure muscle. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Pack, drills and Packers camp. Oh. Rookie. Well, regardless, I mean, if he's as long as he's not forty pounds overweight, I mean, he, you should you would think he's still going to be productive. Obviously, you know, was one of the best running backs in the league when he was in Pittsburgh, um, and even you know didn't got a heavy workload, but it had some. Obviously, he skipped this entire season. Um, had a couple other seasons that were cut, you know, short to injury. So, you know, for a guy that's not you know really young, but also not really old, I think he still has some good years left, no doubt. Um, you know, it all depends on which team. Like, the Ravens would be a good move, I think, just because that's – you know, I think it's a team on the cusp. Um, obviously, we got to see what, you know, Lamar is capable of for a full season, you know, when teams have time to adjust to that that goofy offense they ran. Um, but other teams, like, I mean, you see the Jets that are favored. That's, a you know, a typical Jets move. Like, we have a ton of cap space. Let's make a splash with the Jets. We stand yeah. – you know, let's do something. But I also – I listened to a podcast today that was saying that the Jets actually don't really – want him which is probably smart uh, probably smart for them because you know if you're the Jets you probably should before you know that's a move that you make if you're a team that's really on the cusp of winning something not if you're the Jets that just kind of lowly you know you probably have to build up the rest of your roster first before you do something like that um, Tampa Bay I think is maybe a dark horse too also not you know a very intelligent team um, but I think that's a GM down there you know light that we saw we saw him on hard knocks a couple years ago I think he's kind of in dire need to save his job. Um, if they're going to stick with Jameis, you know they got to. They're, they're kind of on a on a ticking clock there. They got to win now. Obviously, Jameis doesn't really have a whole lot of time left to prove himself down there. So, why not go out and get him a stud running back? So, I think they're a dark horse, maybe. Um, but I like your Ravens prediction. That'd be fun if you, if yeah. you keep going there. 
I just think he wants to stick it to the Steelers so bad, and I think there's a legit shot. And he's he said that he would be open, I believe, to go into NFC North team, mm-hmm. other Bengals, I believe. But even then, I mean, why wouldn't you? If I was him, I would definitely try to go to NFC North team, especially the Ravens. The so, Ravens that that makes the most sense. Yeah, I mean, they were, you know, obviously they lost to the Chargers last year in the playoffs, but still made the playoffs. Got a nice young quarterback in Lamar Jackson. Yeah, they're blowing up the team a little bit, but it's more so blowing up the team to get younger. And these young guys are really good for them. Yeah. It's not like a bunch of has-beens or, you know, kind of nobodies that came out of college. They are very good. Uh, no, it's just going to take a while. So I think that's where he ultimately lands with the Jets. I'm indifferent with that. I think he play well at the Jets. I mean, Sam Darnold looks like he's going to be a stud. Uh, got a whole new kind of offense going there. Oh, kind of everything going on there. Uh, so I think he'll definitely help if he goes to the Jets. Yeah. Jets aren't going to be – they're like one of those teams. They're like kind of like the Yankees, I feel like, were with like Machado. Like, this is what we're willing to give you. If you don't want it, then oh well. Yeah. No, yeah, I'm with you on that. That makes sense. So – but I'm glad we covered a lot of NFL today because there was a lot I wanted oh, to talk about. Yeah, that about. was a lot of NFL. We'll have even that next week's probably gonna be all NFL. Oh yeah. We'll have good. actual deals to talk about. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun, I will tell you that. Mm. But kind of flipping the script to the NBA. Uh I gotta talk Lakers this week. Oh god. <laughs> and we gotta do is, it. This is what uh my this is my gonna be opinion on the Lakers for this week is that what are you doing, LeBron? What are you doing? <laughs> this is to me, to me, I've come to the conclusion today after he breaks, you know, not after he breaks, but after he passes Jordan yesterday, is that he does not, he did not go into the season caring about winning. He, all he wanted to do, obviously, he wants to build his brand out there. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, he wants to do, you know, he wants to get these guys here. He doesn't get Anthony Davis there. He kind of goes into the season, in my opinion, looking at it now, is, oh, you know, we win, we win. I'm LeBron. I can probably get us to the playoffs. But if we don't, oh, well, if we do. Because I, either that or he's insane. <laughs> like, yeah. Because he can't – I mean, did you see Kuzma pushed him the other day to play defense? Oh, yeah. That was hilarious. Yeah. That was so funny to close out on the shooter. Oh, my God. Yeah. I watched that clip like seven times in a and, row. Like, there's – there's, I mean, you can't – expect to have your whole team traded for Anthony Davis and it not happen and then go on about getting oh well well we're gonna win playoff LeBron is activated you come out of the all-star break and play a great game against the Rockets I mean it was a phenomenal yeah they came back and won that game that was great and then you drop you lose to the Pelicans you lose to the Grizzlies you beat the Pelicans you lose to the Bucks you lose to that 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 the Suns yeah, the, the Suns, Suns which next. And obviously, the, the Suns winning helps me, but you uh, lose to the Suns, and then you lose to the Clippers, which is the biggest game, in my opinion. And I that yeah. tells you right then and there, he does not care because that's a game he wins. Yeah, the I Clippers, think that, that – yeah. You know, he wins that game. I know. I know. Old LeBron does. I I mean, all you, all those gripes are true. I think that I think that Bucks game was really the one that kind of d- that did them in. Um, obviously, those other losses have kind of officially closed the book on them having any chance to make the playoffs now. But I watched that whole Bucks game last Friday from start to finish, the late game on ESPN. Um, and they really – they played really well for the first 46 minutes of that game against the team with the best record in the NBA. 
you know, they were competing with them. They, you know, kept coming back. They were down by a little bit. That was a great back and forth game. And then in the last two minutes, they completely choked it away. LeBron had two terrible turnovers. PCP had a horrible turnover on the inbounds pass that led directly to a three, which really iced it. Then LeBron, you know, he's kind of pouting bad body language, doesn't close out on Bledsoe. Then that was the three that really was the dagger. And that kind of, and he just kind of walked off the court without saying anything to anybody, shaking any hands. And I think that, you know, right then and there, I, I thought to myself, like, Ooh, that, that was a crusher right there. You know, I know it's, you know, there shouldn't be any shame in losing to the Bucks. Everybody's been losing to the Bucks all year. They're an unbelievable team. Um, but that was, I mean, for them to play that well, for that, you know, it felt like they were going to win the game. They played really, really well, and they just completely pissed it away at the end. And then, obviously, to go to Phoenix and lose to them yeah. next night, and then you're right, the Clippers lost. I mean, that's a game you have to win if you're, you are have any chance. That's the team you got to catch, and you lose to them. Um, I mean, that was really the one that did him in. And, I mean, I hear you. It's looking more and more like – I mean, I maintain that, you know, if he didn't get hurt, they would be solidly in the playoffs right now. Not really a contender, obviously, still, but they'd probably be a five or six seed if he hadn't gotten hurt and missed those 20 games um, where they really kind of fell off. But with that being said, I don't think he went – certainly not this season went into it with the fact of, you know, with winning the first thing being on his mind. Um, I think that he thinks that he cemented his legacy already, which, I mean, you're never, you're not going to argue. I, I think he's going to end up going down as the second best player of all time, no matter what happens. I think he's you know, the best. Time. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think he's the most, I think he's the most gifted and talented player of all time. Um, I just, I mean, I think the winning has to matter. And I think the fact that Jordan, you know, has won six, only LeBron's three and probably has more, you know, big time moments on the biggest stage. I think that, definitely factors in, even though I think LeBron overall is a more talented, you know, more dominant player. Oh yeah. Yeah. But just, I mean, he's even said it before, like that, you know, that title in Cleveland kind of cemented my legacy. And I mean, it did in some ways, like he brought a city that hadn't seen a championship in over 50 years of title, which is incredible. And in the fashion they did it in coming to back down from three, one, I mean, that was what he, you know, that was what he was drafted to do. He got picked by Cleveland to win a championship for that city. And he did it. Um, and, you know, he thinks now, like, all right, I can just go to L.A. and kind of, you know, cruise for the rest of my career. And hopefully we win. But if we don't, you know, my family will be happy. I got a bunch of business opportunities out here that I can pursue. So, yeah, I, I mean, I agree with you. It's starting to look more and more like he definitely headed into this season with, you know, the mindset of basketball. All right. Yeah. You know, I'm going to be great no matter what. But I kind of just want to go out to L.A. So, I mean, I don't know what to think of him, you know, at least this season anymore. It's look. There's nothing wrong with what he's doing. Going to L.A. wanting to obviously think about his career, you know, post NBA. There's nothing wrong with that. But while you're in basketball season, I feel like you have to try to win, and it just doesn't seem like he is. I I know he had the playoff, you know, activated. You know, we're gonna go out, we're gonna go activated, right? But like, if you're gonna do that, don't put up one good game. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, against the Rockets and then kind of throw up a bunch of, you know, crap. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm with you. I mean, there wasn't it, – it, I mean, they miss Lonzo too. As funny as that is to say, they they really do miss him, you know, on the well, – Yeah. And they, they, I mean, they have nobody to guard in the perimeter without him. No. Um, and but with Lon- that being said, I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, if you're LeBron James, you find a way to, to, to get wins down the stretch here and get your team in the playoffs. Yeah. And, I mean, Lonzo's a quality point guard. I mean, he's not what his dad wants him to be or – what he was in college, obviously, (laughs) 
he is still a quality point guard who gets the job done. I will give him that. <laughs> yeah, no, he's at least competent. I mean, those those old guys haven't. I mean, Rondo's had moments here and there. I think he's a good leader, certainly. Um, but you know, I mean, he's missed half the season with with injuries too. He's broken his hand a couple times, and those other veterans. I mean, Javale had a hot start, and he's really cooled off. I mean, Lance is a total knucklehead. I don't know what the hell they were doing <laughs> signing him. Um, you know, Tyson Chandler gave him a spark there for a little bit, but even he looks like he's kind of cooked at this point. Um, and then who else did they get? Um, oh, the, the freaking the guy, he's not even on the team now. Michael B. You know, they they passed up the chance to re sign Brooke Lopez to sign Michael Beasley to virtually the same contract that he got with yeah, Milwaukee. That is one of the play- dumbest moves of the offseason. Beasley like signed to play in like Europe, dude. Yeah, he's, I think he's in China or something now. He's yeah. still too. I mean, like, what the hell is he gonna do? He was next to LeBron. I mean, yeah, he's LeBron's buddy, I guess. But I mean, Michael Beasley's not a very good NBA player. He plays no defense. He needs to have the ball in his hands all the time. And I mean, look at Lopez. Look at the year he's having for Milwaukee. I mean, that's the perfect yeah, great year. That's the perfect stretch big man to play with LeBron. So I, I don't know. I don't get it. I will say Michael Beasley did get MVP chance last year at one point at Garden. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, he closed out a win. I think against the, so I think it's the Celtics or something. I kind of remember that. I, he, I can't remember who it was against. Yeah, against the team that they had no business being. He dropped like 15 points in the fourth quarter. Just thought yeah. these, they were running that same like that uh, that elbow post up every play, and he was getting bucket after bucket. Yeah, and then just to kind of transition. Uh, I don't really care about talking about the Nets now. I really got all my anger out against, you know, LeBron. Yeah, uh, yeah. They've been, but, they've been struggling, but yeah. Yeah, they, they're struggling. I will say D'Angelo Russell, <laughs> probably the best thing to him to ever get off the Lakers. No, that's true. That's another guy. You can go – I mean, that's a, that's a little bit more defensible defensible for the Lakers, but the list goes on and on of guys that they had. I mean, Julius Randle's even having a good year. Yeah, I mean, oh. this team is just not – Yeah. Just, the Lakers just—I feel like they've blown it. Uh, and kind of going back to like Harper, right? From signing with the Phillies, this is the type of thing you hate to see if you're a Phillies fan, where LeBron just kind of comes here, gets all this money, and doesn't care. Yeah, yeah. No, obviously that's, that's true. Harper will care about trying to win a World Series since he doesn't have. Yeah, one. just because his legacy is not. But you know. but yeah. you don't want that to happen. No, I certainly hope not. Lakers. Uh, and then kind of just flipping the script from LeBron to uh, Rookie of the Year candidates for the NBA. Kind of a fun race. Yeah, I mean, there's there's some good. I'm looking at right now, kind of just seeing, because I don't really get to hear a lot about uh, Aiton because he's out in Phoenix. Uh-huh. I really, you know, he's kind of lost to me this year. Uh, but Marvin Bagley, you hear a ton about. I know he's tearing up the NBA. He's a great, great, yeah. Trey Young is lighting it up. <laughs> oh, I love watching Trey Young play. I yeah. can't believe it. He's been great, though. That's who, in my opinion, I would pick for, uh, you know, for the NBA Rookie of the Year. Um, just because the Hawks are nothing, I'm pretty sure they were picked to finish one of, as one of the worst teams in the NBA, uh, and they are pretty bad. But they're a lot less bad because of. Uh, Trey Young, and he's lighting it up. I mean, you see some of the shots he takes. I mean, he's chewing it from the Yeah, man, he pulls up from step range or even beyond yeah. step range. He's got that quick trigger release, too. And he's finally part of the NBA. You guys, he got tossed the other day for staring down. What's yeah, I was, that was bullshit, too, I thought. I thought that was just good competitive nature. Yeah, I, I, mean, I thought it was awesome. Even what's his name? Whoever – who was he staring down? Chris Dunn, right? Even Chris Dunn said, like, he should Was it Chris Dunn? I think it was somebody on the Bulls. Yeah. I thought, yeah. 
Um, no, I'm with you. I, Trey Young's been a revelation. I mean, in the Hawks, you're right. They're not good, but they're what you call, I guess, like a competitive bad team. Um, I mean, they're not, they're certainly not good. They're not going to be the playoffs or anything, but they're not, you know, they're not the bottom of the barrel East, like the Cavs or the Knicks. Um, you know, they're, they're a little bit better than that. They've beaten some good teams too. I know they beat the Sixers once earlier in the year. Um, and Trey Young's been, I mean, a hell of a lot better than I think any of us thought he would be, especially right away. Um, good playmaker too, good passer. His shooting percentages aren't great, but obviously, you know, with what he's forced to do on that team with so little other playmakers, um, you know, he's got to take a lot of shots. He's kind of, kind of got to be the engine of the offense. Um, and he's been, he's been outstanding recently. Um, and I think certainly he's going to have a good career going forward after a lot of people, you know, people wanted to call him a bust immediately after that pick, just because it was, you know, the Luca trade. And some people are like, Oh, how could you pass up a chance to get Luca? Who I think is eventually going to, I think he's going to win rookie of the year. Luca, Just because, you know, the voters have been, I mean, he, he got us sucked in so quickly from the start. Trey Young's definitely made it interesting, I think, in the you know in the latter part of the season. Um, but I think Luca's just got the body of work going all season, um, and I think people are just mesmerized by the way he plays. And you know the media; I mean, they, they yeah, it's it's you know it's let's go let's it's, go yeah, it's politics. It's all you know. It's all the story, and you know the guy. I mean, people have been have been obsessing about Luca since you know this time last year when he yeah. when he was over in Europe. Um, they just love, you know, they love the narrative. And I, I mean, Luca's a great player. Don't get me wrong, but I, I think it would be cool to see Trey Young win, just because you know, kind of all the shit that the Hawks got for that trade, and then all the yeah. shit that he got, you know, coming out of Oklahoma and early in the season. Um, and you're right about Bagley; he's fun to watch, man. I've only watched him a couple times, but he was re- he just got hurt. I think it's not a serious injury. Um, no, but it will yeah. keep. It'll probably derail his rookie of the year hopes, but he was really coming on in like, you know, the weeks prior to that. He was playing great. He was, you know, playing crunch time for them. They were going to him down the stretch for buckets. I mean, he could score on anybody. Yeah, Obviously I, his, you know, he's got to work on his jumper a little bit and his defense, but you know, that's kind of the, this, that's the same thing for every young player. I mean, the scoring instincts are really off the charts and I see, I mean, that's a guy that could easily end up averaging 25 and 12 one day in the NBA. Yeah. Right now he's averaging 13 and seven. Yeah. As a nineteen-year-old, uh, yeah, and then Deion, and then you got DeAndre Ayton, who's averaging sixteen and ten. So I like Ayton too, but he's just I don't, I, don't I, I don't know if he has the upside of those other guys. I feel like that was kind of your your typical safe pick at number one. Where yeah, this guy's going to be a good player, but I, I'm not so sure he's transcendent. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, but it's definitely going to be fun, kind of. Because in my opinion, I think the race is down to. Uh, Luca and Trey Young. Yeah, I agree. Really, any other? I mean, Marvin Bag is there, obviously in conversation, but I don't think he really has a shot. No, probably not. Uh, my pick would be Trey Young. I hope he wins it, but like you said, I don't really know if that's realistic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I would like to see Trey win too, but I'm you know I'm gonna pick. I think that's the way the voters go. Yeah. So, kind of going into our last topic, we still have a little bit of time. Uh, NCAA basketball. Last weekend of the year, some conference tournaments have already started. It is March, so this is the officially the best time of the year. Best time of the year. That's uh, right. We talked a little bit about Seton Hall before. Obviously, huge Seton Hall fan. I was at the game this past Saturday where a heartbreaker in double overtime, to which I told PJ I hated him for probably three hours. After <laughs> yeah, did, you guys move, did you guys move on from that as it got into the uh, the night hours? It was a tough. Uh. 
I mean, I was, always, I was kidding around, but I don't think, I'm pretty sure I didn't say one word for that. <laughs> I'm never coming back. Yeah. I'm now going to. That's uh, right. Georgetown games. Uh, uh, when Seton Hall is playing. But uh, are there any teams that kind of stuck out to you over the last week since we last talked? Uh, I know it's Indiana. We talked about a little bit in the group chat uh, on Saturday after they had a big win, but do you think they're a real deal or no? Uh, I don't think their, their record. I just don't think it's good enough. They've had some big wins, obviously. Um, beat, yeah, they beat Michigan state. They beat Wisconsin too, if I'm correct. Right. Yep. Um, should have beat Purdue. They lost to Purdue at the very end. So that would have been another quality win. Although I don't really, I'm not a huge Purdue guy. Um, but I just, yeah, I mean, I don't think their record is going to be good enough. Um, a team that did stand out, though, is Tennessee, and that's a team that we, you know, have kind of been been hard on in recent weeks. We have. Um, you know, I, we didn't really like the way they were playing. I kind of compared it to, you know, sort of that first Kentucky loss. I thought that might have broke them similar. To, I think I compared it to the Saints losing to the Cowboys. Like, they just really weren't the, the same team the rest of the way. And it seemed like, they, you know, something had kind of been damaged with them, but they definitely they got it back with a vengeance. I mean, obviously, you know, Reed Travis didn't play in that game and arguably Kentucky's best player, one of their best players, certainly. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's that definitely makes a big difference. And he kind of ate them alive the first time. Um, but I mean, they came out, they came out hot, man. They came out with the home crowd, um, the energy, the emotion. They jumped on them. I mean, built a big lead before the half, then extended it right at the start of the second half and just let them carry that through. Um, they played really tenacious defense. I still think they're. They're a candidate to get knocked off early in the tournament. Um, but they definitely, you know, they definitely earned some points with me this past Saturday. I kind of thought they were maybe, you know, about to go into a hole and crater. Um, but it was good to see them bounce back. Yeah, I think it's either going to be between them and Kentucky to get to one seat out of the SDC. Yeah. Because I think it's definitely going. No, it's obviously. Actually, you know what? If North Carolina wins on Saturday and they make a run in the AC tournament, say they win it. Uh, oh, they're at one then, definitely. You know, they're definitely a one. Yeah. I, I don't think Duke really ha- – I mean, Duke, I mean <laughs> – uh, It's a shame. It sucks Zion's not going to play in this game either. I mean, no, he's both not. Both games against North Carolina, he's going to miss. It's smart, though. Yeah. Not they're already – they've already lost to ACC because Virginia clinched it the other day. Uh, this, this It's smart that he's not playing. Save him for the ACC tournament, NCAA tournament, when it really matters. You know, yeah. this game against North Carolina just literally matters nothing in terms of, you know, making the tournament or ACC seeding or whatnot. Mm-hmm. So let him rest. If you get your, you get your ass kicked, you get your ass kicked. It's not a big deal. Uh, but it's a really shame to see them because they seem like they have nothing going on. <laughs> I mean, they still have two of the top three players from last year's recruiting class. You know, starting, which is crazy to me that they lose to Wake or they they beat Wake by oh, yeah, that should've, was ugly. Should have that that role I thought was going down. I thought that was sinking the hearts of Duke fans. I did too. Uh, but obviously it didn't. But it's still to me it's shocking how bad they are. Kind of without him, they were so, yeah, they were twenty five point favorites in that game. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Was, like I mean, you're right. I mean, I I kind of get it initially. Like all right. You know, as much talent as, as these other guys have, as Reddish and Barrett and Jones, I mean, you know, you, you've played with Zion all season and he's still your best player. Like, there's there's going to be a little bit of an adjustment period, certainly initially, but to be playing a nail-biter at home on senior night when you're 25-point favorites against arguably the worst team in the ACC, Wake Forest, I mean, that's the, – the alarm should sound a little bit there. Like, all right, I mean – 
I gave you a little bit of a pass at first, like just because you lost your best player. But you you have too much talent to be, you know, BSing around with teams like this. Yeah. Like, I mean, Barrett's really kind of turns into the only guy that can really create his own shot sometimes. Um, yeah. I mean, Jones is, I like him, but, you know, isn't really a great shooter. Certainly not as good of a shooter as his brother when he was there. Um, and Reddish, too, has kind of been clanking shots all year. He's a little inconsistent. And Barrett, even though, you know, obviously the talent is, is off the charts there, like, he's not a guy that I want to put the ball in his hands, you know, for 40 minutes of a game. Just because, you know, I mean, he's a good passer when he when he tries, but he's got the blinders on half the time. So, I mean, you can sort of – those are reasons why they haven't been as good without Zion, but you're right, still no excuse with all that talent to, to be, you know, going to the wire with, with Wake Forest. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's amazing to me because that dude team is just stacked. And to, I mean, a crap, like, Big East school or Big Ten school or whatever beats Wake Forest by 10. Mm-hmm. Just good. I mean, and obviously, you found out that oh, well, maybe we need to learn how to play without Zion just in case. So, uh, and kind of just going off of some games this the rest of the week. We have some big ones, obviously. Villanova Seton Hall, which we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, but you have Kansas Baylor. I know Kansas had, uh, you know, they're done with the Big 12. That little reign of titles they had is gone. It will officially end this year, but that's going to be a good game because Baylor is playing for themselves to get into it. You know, there's not so much of a bubble team, but a loss to Kansas might make them more of a bubble team, you know, considering Kansas isn't very good. And Kansas has still got to kind of, you know, get it going too because they're playing for their lives in seeding. So, yeah, for that big game, uh, if you're looking for a bubble watch, uh, Florida, Kentucky, 2 o'clock on Saturday, that is the bubble watch game, you know. With Florida, did lose yesterday to LSU, obviously. You know, that kind of was the game I felt like they needed to win. So I don't think, even if they beat Kentucky, it really matters. Uh, that I don't think they've really done enough in SEC play to be in that conversation. But that's a huge game for this weekend to kind of watch. Texas Tech, Iowa State, also at 2 o'clock on Saturday. Then we got Georgetown, Marquette. Oh, that's a big one. Yeah, Georgetown, obviously. Playing a dud yesterday, last night, almost losing by forty. Marquette slumping too. Yep, Marquette is slumping. Georgetown, I think, is you can kind of write them off though. Even if they win that game, I don't think their body work is enough. I I don't know if they can get if they can win that game because it's at Marquette. Don't forget, this isn't you know it's not home. So if they can go to Marquette, win, and then you have wins then against Marquette and Villanova in conference, you beat Seton Hall who. Many are saying it's a tournament is a tournament team. He's beaten St. John's, who's a tournament team, apparently. Uh, I don't think I don't know. I wouldn't be too sure to write them off yet. They can win a few games in the Big East tournament, but they need uh-huh. to win. Uh, obviously, that's the one I need to win. And then uh, the game I do want to talk about is this Villanova Seton Hall game because much on the line for both teams, more so for me than you. Uh, but we still got a shot at winning that. I mean, I want that. I'd like to have that Big East regular season title. Yeah, I mean, if you that's what you're playing for, and I'm playing for guaranteed pretty much, uh, you know, going to the NCAA tournament. I think they're in no matter what Seton Hall. But if they beat Villanova at home, it's a guarantee, you know, going yeah. into the tournament. Yeah, so, no, I, I think they're in too. It's going to end definitely after last time, you know, Villanova having his lights out shooting day. Mm. Seton Hall's going to have some the work ahead of them, so – 
Seton Hall, yeah, no, I mean, the game's at Seton Hall, which is obviously an advantage. And, and Nova, I mean, we've been terrible on the road recently. Lost the last each of the last four road games in a variety of ways, you know, coughing up big leads in the second half to just blitzed off the floor. I mean, Georgetown, that game wasn't even competitive. I mean, they just they just totally smacked us. Um, and certainly, I mean, the game does matter for Seton Hall, even though I think they're probably in anyway. But still, I mean – only an eight nine record in the Big East, even though there's yeah, that there's that. obviously quality wins. Kentucky, Marquette, um, a couple others that I'm forgetting, but I mean, obviously you would know. But I mean, I I certainly think they passed the eye test. I think they're a good team, a team that could, you know, we, like we said, could threaten a top seed. Um, they've got the firepower. They've got Powell, who can score on anybody, especially down the stretch. Um, but to feel comfortable, if I'm if I were you. I, you got to win this yeah, game. Got to win this game. Without, yeah, you got to win. I mean, you should probably be in anyway, barring a, you know, barring like a first round exit to DePaul or something in the Big East <laughs> tournament. Yeah, but I mean, a win even if then you were to lose to DePaul in the first round or something like that. If you won this game, I think you'd be in regardless. Yeah, I definitely. This game is a must win. Uh, if you want to be comfortable with going to the Big East tournament and if you do throw up a dud in the first round and lose, you know. But like I said, Seeing Hall could win this Big East tournament in at you know, even at as a four seed or a five seed. You know, that's just the way Big East has kind of been this year. But and Seton Hall is that type of team where they're either they can go on a huge run or it's gonna be a bunch of clunkers and mm. and whatnot. So but definitely gonna be an exciting game. Uh 12 o'clock game on Fox, so you already know. Oh, that early start. You hit me yep. at noon. Hopefully it's uh, you know, uh, Gus Johnson and Bill Raffery game because it needs to be. If, I, if I'm a fan of college basketball, that's a game you have to watch at 12 o'clock because of not only the teams playing but the announcers. And hopefully a little old-school Big East basketball going on. Yeah, well, they'll, they'll be definitely rocking there for that. I think it's going to be a good game. It's going to be a competitive game. I think we've got our – Nova's got their edge back a little bit. Obviously, the big win over Marquette. Uh, then, you know, ran through Butler on Saturday. That was an easy win. Um, and, you know, like we said, Seton Hall needs the game. And I, I think Nova – I mean, even though Nova, they won the national championship last year, they actually didn't win the Big East regular season uh, title. They won the Big East tournament, but Xavier actually ended up with a better regular season record than them in conference. So, you know, they, they'd like to get – you know, it's another trophy to hang up. Um, they definitely want that Big East regular season title, so – I think you're going to get the best from both teams on Saturday. Yeah, it's going to be a fun one. So that kind of concludes our Sneaky Plays podcast for this week. Is there anything else you want to add, more at all? I think I'm good. I think we got, we got a lot covered this week. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about, so I'm glad we got a lot of it covered. Uh, you know, So obviously tune in to our other Sneaky Plays podcast that we'll have with uh, – you know, Brian Catino and Joey Duff talking. They'll break down the NL East this week if you haven't listened to it already. Definitely give that a listen. Always listen to Tyler O'Shea's Hustle and Motivation. Check out Joker Mag. A lot of good stuff going on there. You know, we're adding a bunch of different writers that have all, you know, writing about movies, sports, kind of you name it. You know, it's going on. So definitely check that out at www.jokermag.com and visit us at Sneaky Plays Podcast uh, Twitter handle and also the Joker Mag Twitter handle. So, uh, Look forward to the rest of the week. Definitely a lot to talk about next week with the NFL and college basketball. So have a good weekend, everyone, and we will see you next week. Go Nova.
Go Pirates. This podcast was brought to you by JokerMag.com, home of the underdog.